let me tell y'all about Ma Energy. If you haven't jumped onto the superfuel train, there's no better place to start than Ma Energy. It's specifically formulated to give gamers an edge over the competition. Their energy and focus blend gives you a sugar-free, no-crash energy boost, sharpening your perception and accelerating your reactions. I just spent $100 on this stuff because its pricing is so good and comparable to most energy fuel for gamers. There's so much energy that one small package is worth $150 of Red Bull, but it's better for you and more effective. The rewards program is easy to use, getting points for following on socials, but also for each dollar you spend. With it, you can get discounts on flavors or even a free shaker for your drinking ease. They also sell blue light glasses if you want to take better care of your gaming habits. For it to work, you need to click on the link in our description so you can use discount code MA10 and get 10% off at checkout. If you want to get 10% off, be sure to click on the link in our description and use discount code MA10. In this week's episode, the guys and I sit around and talk about my story that you all heard last week. Um, We get into some of the nitty gritty details and kind of uh, expand on some of the terms or experiences that I had in my story and Kai and I compare uh, what I what happened during my story that I had completely forgot about so there's more details in this episode this discussion is good it uh, helps paint a better picture of the story so tune in and listen let's get it of the TCC show. Um, This episode, I am not going to introduce myself, nor am I going to introduce my fellow co-hosts here, because this is an episode, uh, it's kind of a part two, we'll just call it part two, of last week's episode. So last week, I shared my spiritual story, And this week, we are now going to discuss it. So during the episode, the guys not only took uh, notes for me, uh, timestamp-wise, so that I could go back and edit my episode, but also uh, timestamps for questions that they had throughout the episode. Um, And I do want to get to both of your guys' questions, but I also want to ask... What did you guys think? Was there anything that you had never heard heard before or you had never realized maybe the first time you heard it from me um, that you notice now? I didn't know about a lot of the camp ending stuff. Like, I knew some of it. I didn't realize, I guess, how bad it really was. I guess, and how it impacted you. Yeah. That's all. That's it. It was a comment, yeah. Because that was was like definitely a time that we weren't, I was either like on the road or, I mean, you were obviously at camp. Right. We weren't super close, so. Yeah. Kai? I actually don't feel like there was anything I learned, I'll be honest. That's fair. Which was weird. I thought I would learn, like, I, I thought there was some mystery that I hadn't quite cracked yet, but, I mean... Yeah, I'm. It's good to hear all of it in one uh, continuous flow of events. Yeah, that had many circles, but it, it was it was good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, I 
suppose I never recognized how, because what happened with that one couple was well before what I would consider our time at the church. Right. So I never realized how that impacted you because all of it happened before I even arrived as far as, well, I think, I don't know. That's how far away I am from all of that. It's yeah. Just, I, I think it was. I, I never met any of them in person until like, I think until your birthday party. Actually. Yeah, I think so. And it's been a continuous thing. And that, that was something that I'm not sure if I stressed enough that a lot of what I experienced was things that I observed, which it's, it's kind of interesting. Like I wasn't involved in any of that. So it's interesting that I, that I was impacted the way that I was based on just observing. You have heavy sympathy. I think so. I know so. <laughs> uh. That's interesting. I do want to explore that. I should. Sorry. I meant that. I said that as a prompt to let's explore that more. Oh. That was a <laughs> mental note. Noah, explore that more. <laughs> right. So. How do you think it went? I think it went good. Um, I left out a lot of details, obviously. I think I talked very broadly. I knew that I was going to step up to the plate and talk very factually about things, which is why I handed you the extra whiteboard and was like, mm -hmm. write the reminder for me that I will speak from how I experienced it or how it made me feel or how it impacted me, not just this happened then this happened then this happened this 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 and which i still think that i did but i think i did a good job of explaining like this is how this made me feel mm -hmm. so which i was actually really impressed by because it's it's someone who struggles with if, if i'm struggling with expressing emotion through a certain event more often than not it isn't because i'm trying not to express it but rather i don't have the right terminology vocabulary right. i haven't worked through it enough to express it but you as soon as i would you know pull up the heart or point to it you were able to succinctly describe what was going on in your heart in that moment i was yeah. very impressed i think that's a discussion that you and i have had before of that i'm i don't necessarily have the word for the emotion that I've, i'm experiencing mm -hmm. and when malia and i were dating that was something that often came up too was she would be, she, we would, you know, do this check-in or, you know, get into this super deep topic or whatever. And then the question would come up or there a fa like a face would come up across my face or, you know, this expression that I have never, that I'd never done before or that I did. And she was like, well, what is that? Like, what are you experiencing right now? What are you feeling right now? And there are multiple times. And I think I've told you this, like, I don't know the, what this feeling is. But I'm experiencing it for the first time. Mm. So. Yeah. It's interesting. Uh, well. Yeah. Well, I, I have questions. Yes. <laughs> I am. Let's, let's do it. Um, I'll try to cover. I'll try to go through in chronological order. Okay. You talked about being a middle schooler and looking up to what was considered the dream team. Yes. And all of the high aspirations toward that. And you expressed the answer a little bit at the end. But uh, was your view of the dream team at that time based on reality or was it something that you had concocted in your head and aspired to become? Um, I think based on how I 
interpreted it. So the Dream Team crew wasn't necessarily inclusive, if that makes sense. Or at least I felt they weren't very inclusive. I mean, it's a tight-knit group of people. Um, And so there were definitely... There definitely times that I felt left out. Um, Multiple times. Not just in middle school or high school. Like, in my marriage as well. Um, The feeling of, like, being left out. Um, And I think that there is a little, like, grain of salt of, like truth to that of being left out of actually being left out whether it was on purpose or not Uh, but I think a lot of it was definitely like me in my own head and just struggling with community so much Hmm. and what that looked like to be a, a part of the community well and then after entering that community because my wife is part of you know she is semi part of that dream team after entering that dream team community realizing like oh like their close-knit relationships have a lot of flaws actually and they're not as close-knit as I thought they were or they don't speak to each other and share things that they that I thought that they would um seen from a distance um you probably got a little bit of light into that as we got closer mm-hmm. and some of my relationships with some of those individuals, I know I've talked to you about like hanging out and talking to certain people that were definitely part of that age group um, that it got to a point where like, I didn't talk to them about things because of how they reacted right. or <clears throat> how it made me feel or whatever. Like, I don't, I don't care if somebody calls me out of my crap, but um I don't want to be preached at every time I hang out. You know, it's like, I, right. I want to hang out with people for community, not mm-hmm. just to be like scolded well, or and, judged. And to even go from a less deep version of that after entering this community and hanging out with them, I quickly realized like, I kind of like my community. Like I don't, because the generation is a few years older than me, they like to do things that are a few years ahead of my time. Now, don't get me wrong, playing those kinds of video games are fun, and playing those kinds of group activities are fun, and going on hikes and doing those kinds of things that a typical millennial would do are very fun, but, um, oh my gosh, I hate going to the murder mystery parties. And I only went to a few, but I did not find them enjoyable at all because I literally looked at my life and I went, if I wanted some scandalous murder mystery party, I'd just go hang out with my, you know, high school buddies, you know, (laughs) and I'd just watch them get drunk and do crazy things. I don't need like, I don't know. It just wasn't a fun activity for me to do. So on a surface level, I just didn't click. Like, my interests were not the same with some of those people. And that's totally okay. Um, Then on a deeper level, I felt excluded. And I think that there were times where I was excluded, whether it was purposefully or not. But a lot of it was me in my head. So, as well as a combination of other things. You know, they had their drama of themselves. um, 
and they went through phases of phasing in and out of that group as they moved into college and beyond of just adulting so so that kind of rolls right into one of my questions is it's just like clicks in the church right uh-huh. i mean it doesn't matter where you go it just it's just like how you mentioned you and malia has have gone and visited churches and nobody has said hi to you yeah like how does how does that how did that affect you like you said a little bit about it but how does that like what has happened at Philida as far as the clicks go and how you've either feeling included or left out affect you now and just trying to find a church um clicks i i view as more of like a clicks definitely has to do with the past this dream team they have such a good past no matter what they're going through they have the past to look back on and go wow these were really good times this is what bonded us and this is what can this is what we have in common so every time i would hang it most times not every time most times i would hang out with malia's friends or this dream team they would always revert to talking about the good old days of middle school or high school and it definitely felt like clicky um which led to me feeling excluded. Um, but I think that now I think about it as like clicks is just interest. It's shared interest and shared past. I am not musically talented at all. And I honestly kind of wish that I was, but I have no desire to right now at the, at this moment in my life. And I've just come to the realization very contemptly just saying, all right, like I don't fit in, in this click. Like if some sort of breakout group happens after a service or during a hangout where people are talking about music and drums and guitar and singing, I don't fit into that anywhere. I will stand there and, you know, try and learn and take in as much information as possible. But at at some point, for whatever reason, I draw the line and go, this is, this isn't it. Like, I don't, I don't feel valued in this conversation, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Which that, I think, plays into me not doing community well. Like, Noah, your job is to just sit there and listen to them talk about stupid band stuff for 20 minutes. Like, why can't you sit there and do that? That's the introvert side of you, though. Yes. Like yeah. it just is. It's yes. not it's not a bad But I thing. think there's more reasons to it that like I said, I haven't dug up yet. Something I remember do, do you remember <clears throat> how for a while in between your first and second year at camp, you and Malia and myself would like go on drives to pretty much the nearest Taco Bell in order out of the sunroof and then yeah. eat. Yeah. That's a pretty consistent thing. Um I remember in one of those drives you said that camp is where God was. Yes. And and Malia was quick to cut you off and, and correct you. On, Definitely. On the incorrect theology. But um, I'd like to hear a bit more about how camp kind of changed what your normal life was into a mundane, well, now I feel like God isn't here. So I have a story that I didn't share that goes with this. Okay. Um, something that I experienced at Philida being a Baptist church There was a Sunday, and maybe you remember this, Kai. There was a Sunday where, I don't remember who it was. Maybe it was your mom. 
um, she invited the church to dance around the church. And it was just you and your brothers and my brother. That was it. And it was this awkward thing of like engaging with the spirit and the music and worship while everyone else watched as like, look at these silly kids. But at camp, it wasn't, it wouldn't be weird to do that. Or at any of the other churches that we went to, it wouldn't be weird to do that. It was just at Philida that it was weird that these kids were dancing while worshiping. And I think that that is a good example of, of God being at camp, but not necessarily, it's not that he wasn't at home. That's how my heart interpreted it of what was going on around. I know that God was actively working at home, but at camp, it just felt like there was more life to the party. There was more engagement with the spirit. There was more, um, I don't know, more feeling, less legalism, Mm -hmm. less checklisty type show up every Sunday routine. Um, and moving out of that routine, you get to experience this spiritual high of camp. And then you get off the spiritual high and you realize like, oh, life on the reverse side of, you know, God being more so at camp, like you aren't able to sometimes, sometimes (laughs) you aren't able to necessarily walk through some of the basic things of life and and think, I got to be careful here. Think for yourself. Or, or you could just personalize it. Yes. I'm not able to. Yeah. I struggle with. I think for me, it was easier to experience God at camp than at home because of a routine basis and this spiritual high, which it was good that I experienced what was at camp. But on the flip side of that, I am not able to experience necessarily the basic in and outs ins and outs of logical thinking life because i am so focused on the spirit if that makes sense Hmm. and so when i go back to look at you know the philida format i wasn't a fan of this checklisty legalism but when i go and look at camp i'm not necessarily of live on the high of life type of feeling. So then it begs me and my spirit to meet somewhere in the middle where I can still feel this awesome, you know, experience of God and the spirit, how the spirit moves and maybe a little bit of tongues and interpretation, but there needs to be solid theological legalistic checklist items to keep this in balance as well if that makes sense Mm -hmm. and vice versa does the spirit speak through the legalistic questions that you are asking Mm -hmm. so sorry that was a long answer the honest answer is the correct answer 
Thank you. I am excited to hear your experience of dancing and around the church as well. That part, I'm pretty sure I blocked out of my memory. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry for throwing it back in there. Totally fine. That's just because I struggle with uh, being made a spectacle. Mm-hmm. Uh, public opinion is something I've always dealt with. I guess I should write that down. You should write it down. That's, that's good. Yeah. Um, yeah, but there's a there's a lot of your story that you left out that, that's going to be in mine. That's that's, that's totally good. okay. We no, will talk it's, about it. It's amazing. Sure. That that just stresses the listen to everything before talking to yeah. us because it really is. Definitely. Um, go for it, JB. So I think I know the answer to this, but looking back, like, are, are you content with leaving Philida? Do you feel like you left and now there's this hole in your life or your heart, or are you content? Um... Okay, the fact that I'm pausing does not diminish my solid answer. No, that's fair. I understand why you're pausing. I am content in leaving Philida, especially because just telling my story there, I had completely, I didn't even write it down. I completely forgot about the idea that Malia was looking for a job at a completely different church. Right. And so if she would have landed a job in a church as would have left. we would have left yeah so like that would have been a no-brainer god calling that i had been searching for my entire life right that's still searching for um at least as far as like a mission and a people and like this is what you do um something that one of my he was an acquaintance i would call him my buddy now one of my buddies has said as he's left he has recently left Philida um is that and actually one of my other buddies said this too one of my old mentors said it he said that he and his wife had taken the time to like evaluate and try and maybe try out some other churches and in that process they realized like it's so exhausting to find a community that that knows you. He said, like, I don't want to try and find another community that knows me. Philida knows me. Like, mm. I find lots of comfort with, you know, with the community knowing me. As many flaws as Philida has, and he's been in the thick of it for, you know, his entire life as well. He finds comfort in the people knowing him, in the community that he has made there, and the family that he's built there. Um, and so I struggling with community also know that when I get to, you know, a home church, finding and building that connection with people in the church and finding people that know me will also be hard, but I also pull from various aspects in my life of people that know me well. I've got a buddy at work that I would consider like an older brother. Like that guy is a relationship that I invest in and I want to invest in. I want him to invest in our relationship as well that I don't necessarily need in a church setting. Um, same with this right here. Like none of us go to the same church 
and the, they're both relationships, you're both best friends, relationships that I want to invest in heavily. Um, and with me trying to figure out what community looks like and figuring out how many people can I take on before that number is too many. Um, that's I think that plays into the answer as well. But yes, I am I am content with leaving Philida. Could you speak a bit about the disconnection you and I both experienced from the second hour of church in high school? Sure. Um, the or I could just talk about it the next week on my own story, but because because you know for me. I finished after first hour and went home right. and, and you would usually go to the yeah. young adults group. Young adults or kind of skip out too. Mm-hmm. Um, or go to coffee with people that yeah. happened really frequently. Um, so instead of going to Sunday school after the second service, um, we would do other things instead of going to like our Sunday school class. Um, the depth wasn't, there for me personally um the way that i've kind of noticed church uh teaching to go is it comes in waves like you have like the dream team generation that wants to learn like these super deep spiritual maybe gray or maybe more black black and white heavy like discussions and teachings and then they all graduate and then now we've moved into new freshmen and they're at a lower spiritual level than what the seniors that just graduated were. And so now we have to accommodate for the lowest common denominator, not because they're stupid, but because they just haven't learned these things about God yet, or they haven't uncovered those things in life. Mm-hmm. Um, and me being the tweener generation JB and his generation graduate. And I I think JB should talk about this too in his in his episode because there's the the dream team generation is above him, but he's kind of a tweener too. So JB's generation graduates and now me as a sophomore, I'm lo- back to learning things that a freshman is learning, but I've already heard what all of their seniors just heard, if that makes sense. Yeah. And there was totally a weird gap. Like, right. what you're saying is 100% true because it was like me and Andrew, mm-hmm. right? Right. By that time, by high school, the other people our age were gone. Like, mm-hmm. they either moved out of town or just weren't around, right? So it was me and Andrew in the same age group. And then Gavin, right, who was a grade was- below. Mm-hmm. And then were you a grade below him or were you at two grades below him? He was one grade below I was great. I was one grade below him. So we have this weird gap of like two very in, invested individuals being me and Andrew in that mm-hmm. lower end of the dream team from your perspective, right? Right. But then you're stuck in the middle of a really big middle school up and coming group and me and Andrew. Right. Like Some, and Gavin got sucked up with us, mm-hmm. where you were still on that weird cusp of being right. 
and it was I like I didn't I guess when I really noticed you being more mature than everyone else is mm. when I started seeing you in the young adults group. Yeah. And I think that's when like we first started actually like I think it was coffee bef- even before that cuz we would go to coffee together after the service. Right. When we didn't yeah, cuz I didn't like going to the young adults group. Right. And you didn't want to go to high school group. Right. So like, all right, let's go still well, hang I would, out. Then I'd feel out of place to go to the young right. adults group. Mm-hmm. Um I think I honestly have to take like 75% of the blame for not going to the high school group. Um, I think 25% of it is what we just discussed. Right. It wasn't fit for me. But that doesn't mean that me being much more mature than I was for my age, that doesn't mean I shouldn't go. I have so much value to add to that conversation as much as the seniors of that class and um and i could have added so much to that conversation and now that i reflect on it i i do kind of regretting regret not going but i am not ungrateful for the relationships that have blossomed out of not going or out of the fruit that has come from not going you guys were going to church of truth for this reason but also the worship which is connected to the same reason right. and if i hadn't skipped that i wouldn't have gone to church of truth with you guys where i wouldn't have encountered the spirit for what i believe was the first time in my life right. and then from there i wouldn't have gone to heart change or camp and all of these things that build into it so do i regret leaving the youth group at a young age and kind of just going off and doing my own thing and leaving the rest in the dust. Yes. Because I know that I would have added so much value to that conversation, but I am very grateful for what has come out of it. So that sparks an interesting conversation in my opinion is at what point do you have to be selfish and put your own spiritual growth ahead of the spiritual growth of others. Because I, I ran in the same thing, right? Yeah. I, was like, I personally needed to be filled up, right? I think for, for me personally, and I want to hear you guys talk about it in your spiritual s- series and discussions. I think for me personally, if we take a look at back at last week's episode, it's when I cannot uh, functionally... Or when I cannot, when I cannot not feel guilty about um, leading or teaching others, when I go through this big question era of my life or season where I have to question everything because I'm no longer teaching, that is a good time, I think, and I believe, to be selfish. When I cannot properly lead and teach others that are at a significantly lower spiritual maturity than me. If it was a like a peer-to-peer thing, I think that would be okay because I could easily go to Kai and be like, hey man, like I am struggling with this existence of heaven, but your problem right now, let me try and speak into it. And then there's this transparency. Whereas when it's a leader-to-student relationship, I don't think that there's that transparency is necessarily healthy to the degree of 
being selfish, if that makes any sense. I mean, it it kind of, it, it totally makes sense. And I mean, it, it makes me think about the, the messiness that you were talking about, right? Mm-hmm. Which like, that's one of those questions that if you would have mentioned that in a state of leadership, right? like, whoa, we got to like step back, right? Yeah. But like with your mentors or with your buddies or whatever, it's like, that's, that's the kind of community we all need mm-hmm. rather than like you're in that perfect group you're going to make sure that your life looks perfect, right? Right. right. So, I don't think that it is <clears throat> wise to tell like oftentimes we we as people we tell our stories after the fact, and I think that is very healthy when it comes to structural theological teaching. I think that that is okay for me to say I used to think like, or I used to question, like, what if God isn't real? Or what if this is all a joke? And then to talk about that as, like, in the past, but to talk about that in, in the present in front of, like, you know, a bunch of sixth and seventh graders, that's not a good idea. So. Right. Uh, if I was to answer that question, where does personal growth take priority over communal growth part of me thinks that there's an element to where uh, they can they don't have to be mutually exclusive like I can still find growth in being able to help others grow because I do know that we're supposed to be in a communal aspect Um, or perhaps I ought not to seek avoiding one to do the other yeah um but i'll have to speak into that more uh next week when i'm giving my story because there's there was a situation where me trying to participate in helping others grow was only really bringing me anger and disdain and grudges Mm -hmm. and in that situation i think it was best for me to leave but i'll get into that next week i'm Um, excited for it yeah, do you have an, one more question, JB? Mm-hmm. Go for it. So you, I mean, you kind of touched on this as far as Malia looking for work. Mm-hmm. What would what would you change, or what would have made you stay? Kind of worded that weird, bat, you know. Mm. Or is there? I don't think there is. And I figured that would be your answer. And the more and more I evaluate it, like my parents go to that church, and right. I want to you know expand my life like the whole leave and cleave well what if that's the one thing that could change that my parents just go to a different church if if your parents went to a different church would you be more inclined would you have been more inclined to go to philida this is your own personal story apart from right right um no i don't think they're because it's not just one thing right it's so it's all of these things that just fell together or that I realized like all at the same time, like I didn't choose Philida. Right. You were born into it. I am so thankful that I was born into Philida. mm -hmm. I am so grateful for the relate, the relationships, the end result, asking me all of these hard questions that promote growth. I'm thankful for my relationship with Kai, 
for my relationship with JB, for the relationship with my past mentors and bosses and pastors. Like, I am so grateful that I can call them probably still my family today. And in five years, I could probably still call them my family. Um, there isn't just one reason, but I, I don't know. I just, I see like at this point in my life, I see like leaving the church that you were born into very, very similar to like leaving and cleaving to your wife, like leaving your parents home, getting married. Good thing JB and I can both sympathize. (laughs) Getting married and building a life you and your spouse. And I, that's how I experience it. And I need to not project that onto other people. Well, you're not done with the process yet. And I'm that too. I'm not done with the process by any means. Um, so yeah, to answer your question, I don't, I don't think there's one thing that could be changed. There was something right about it and it wasn't, that's kind of what's frustrating too is like I can't be like well God was calling us to something else. It right. was like God just made it so that all of these things fit together. Right. And it was the right time. So, do you feel like you outgrew Philida? Uh No. Not no. I don't think so. Some people will use that language. I think we just faded out. Right. Like the the choice, the choice of Malia and I use like not going on Sunday mornings so that we could have time to ourselves after being married prompted all of this evaluation. Like we need time to ourselves. We don't need a bunch of people in our faces about us being newly newlyweds or, you know, whatever else happens at the church. Like we want to just relax and chill and take time for ourselves to build our relationship so well i have one last question then we're probably going to wrap it up um but you spoke a lot in the last 30 minutes about the the transitioning phase out of church you began by telling your tag members how they'd be going to voyage instead of tag uh and and then you were like and then one more thing happened. And I thought you were going to talk about leaving our tag group. And you, and you didn't. What do you mean by leaving our tag group? How our <clears throat> tag group ended. Yeah, I mean, that That happened. And, and the only reason I think that played a role to you is because that's the only place I can remember ever seeing you cry. Oh, that's true. Um, I know you were going through everything of course yeah being engaged and whatnot yeah but um i dang i completely for i don't one well, see our, the way that i experienced experienced our tag group going is i ended up being a tag leader but at the same time, there were members of our tag group that were still in high school. And so, I i don't know. I experienced it as like a phasing out as well. Like, it kind of just naturally ended. Like, people, we just parted ways. Um, our leader expressed that 
He couldn't facilitate meetings as often as he'd like because he had career paths that he wanted to go and mm. adulting decisions that clearly made sense. <laughs> um, and it was kind of time for us to, you know, grip our faith by the balls. And if we were going to make these lifelong relationships happen, then we needed to do it on our own. And and you said no. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> I didn't necessarily say no, but I didn't necessarily say yes either. I don't know. I didn't, I experienced it as it phasing out, not me just up and leaving tag. I think there, there were, there, there were, there were commitment issues and, um, I don't know, so many maturity level things that were happening. You know, we had guys that were still in high school. We had guys that were attending college. Our leader was gone. And then I was a tag leader and would meet with our tag leader aside from you guys. So then it put in a weird imbalance in the group, in my opinion. And then I'm getting married, which none of the other guys were close to at the moment. Yeah. And our leader was married. So it was almost like I was starting this like phase to get to the next generation. Like I had been sitting in this tweener generation for so long and I had assimilated down and not down in a bad way, just down in age level and generation. And now that I'm getting married to somebody who is in a higher generation and I am now teaching a lower generation below the low and I am now meeting and doing, you know, like intern stuff and all of that with higher generations. It just felt like I was phasing from like the tweener to higher. Um, Does that answer your question? Kind of. It does, but... I, and the reason I bring it up needs to be explained, I suppose, because in my mind, that's uh, your last day. I'm sure you remember where that was. Mm-hmm. Kind yes. It was in that one member's living room. His yeah, where I gone. cried. Yeah. yeah. That last day. Oh, shit. You're right. I told the whole group that I couldn't make tag a priority anymore. Yes. <laughs> Damn it. And, you're and, right. And that's for... In, in my story, you'll find out more next week. That's where that began to fizzle out mm-hmm. in in my mind in my heart yeah. because there there was no yeah i mean yeah yeah it, it'll, it'll be expressed more but yeah i would like to paint the picture for your next at least give my you know yeah, sure if you wish well so does that, that make sense to discuss after his story no i would okay. i do i wa- don't know the story so i want to talk about what i was experiencing and yeah, no what, one doesn't know it either. Just what, so you know. what okay. was going on in my life at the time that led yeah. me to say those things. And then Kai can talk about it. You obviously it. didn't want to. Right. Um, I, so those of you that know me, and I've talked about it a little bit, my engagement was extremely rough. A lot of people disapproved of that. And it felt like we were fighting against the whole world. Um, I was graduating. I was an intern. I was leading a tag group. I was leading zone. Um, And then I had my own social life to try and keep up with. And then I was working my other construction job. 
Um, and then I was trying to make tag a priority and many things needed to be cut out so that I would healthily breathe. And I wanted, my intent was to be transparent with the guys in saying my life is hell right now. I'm getting married in how many months? And it feels like the whole world is saying not to get married. Um, like all of this stuff is going on. I, I can't make tag a priority. And I need you guys to know that um, I really value these relationships. And this is not what I communicated at all. This is what <laughs> I was trying to communicate. I, I really, thought it came through really well. Really? Yeah. I was, I said, I really value these relationships. I really value guys and everything that we've gone through and bonded. And I would love to keep meeting with you guys. But in this season of life, I cannot make that happen. There's no way I have to drop multiple things. And that was also. Yeah, maybe didn't come through. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it. <clears throat> I, I know I didn't communicate that yeah. effectively. Um, I. I can't make tag a priority. And I actually thought that was the week I dropped zone too, where I, where I told zone, like, I can't, I'm not doing next year. I'm done. Like I can't keep going. I've got too much on my plate and I'm not being effective. I'm not give. So to bring this back to my story, um, and one of the points I made, I'm still learning myself how much messiness I can get involved with in order and give it the time that they deserve. I knew that I couldn't run my own tag group, invest in all of the high schoolers and kids that attended the zone and invest in the tag group that I was attending, invest in my uh, in-laws who I felt did not want me to get married at all, invest in my wife, invest in all of these people to the degree that they were demanding at that time. I did not explain no. that to our tag group well. And so I hope that they hear this. And you, I should probably reach out to them. You expressed a lot of the pain that you went through. Yes. And that was made clear, but it was not yeah. made clear my motivation and the explanation that I just gave. Um, yeah, you expressed a lot of the pain and then it kind of came out as a like, and so because of all that, I'm not going to be able to do tag. I'm like, wait connect between right there was no connection it it was it was a bomb drop where you meant to kind of slowly drown us in acid yeah and uh i mean still worked that was well and i don't the the weird thing is that that was the most successful night of tag i think we've ever had i agree and (laughs) i don't think that my intent going into that tag session like i don't remember a conversation that i had with my wife where i was like I have to let them know that I can't m- mm-hmm. like make them the priority that they deserve. Mm-hmm. Um, there, the, like I wasn't going into that conversation with that in mind. I think it just slipped out among the tears of like, I can't give it you guys what you deserve. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, I do, I do care about those guys, about you guys. Of course I would. I'm I'm always down to <clears throat> meet again, meet up again, and kind of check in with life. Mm-hmm. But after that, I feel like the the natural fizzle kind of happened. Mm-hmm. Any other questions? No. Mm-hmm. Nope.
anything else? Well, was our tag leader part of mm-hmm. the dream team in your mind? Yes. Okay. The, just the higher end? Mm-hmm. Are you going to use the dream team vocabulary no. in your story? I no. Don't fig- I they, they don't fit at all. I figured. <laughs> um, like, I have minimal... Like, like to me, the dream team was Malia, and then anyone who appeared in a zone skit that week was part of that week's dream team. Yeah, that's that's fair. <laughs> but that's fair. But I was, but I never really saw the zone skits unless someone was like up hey, in a tree. Check, yeah, hey, check this out. Yeah, and I'm like, what are you doing in the tree? He's like, oh, we're recording a skit. Like, whatever. Okay. Yeah, and then it was really funny. Yeah, Gunner Wales. That was yeah. Oof, classic. <laughs> um, any other questions from you, JB? Nothing. All right, I talked about you quite a bit. So if you want to air anything out, now's the time to do it. I'm good. You're good. Now yeah. you're going to spill all the dirt on Noah. No, I'm good. All right. All right. I feel uh, good. Well, thank you all for listening. I hope you come next week to listen to my story and then the discussion of my story afterwards. Yes. All right. It's going to be not as long as Noah's, I'm suspecting, but if God's got different plans, maybe it'll be twice as long. So, Or the discussion could be longer. Or the discussion could be longer. Give you 45 longer. minutes to tell your story and then two and a half hours for the yeah, discussion. maybe. <laughs> you never really know. Um Anyways, hope to see you there. Farewell.